0: Hello and welcome to My Favorite Movie Is, a podcast all about celebrating our favorite movies through fresh, positive takes from passionate movie lovers. I'm your host and fellow movie lover, Larry Freed, and you are listening to The Bonus Round, a fun spin-off segment from our main show in which we ask our guests a series of fun, sometimes silly questions in order to gain even more insight into their all-time favorite movie and why they love it. Questions like, what movie would you pair it with to make a double feature? Or what is your favorite moment in the movie's score? Or in your movie's edition of Monopoly, what are the six playable tokens? You know, the important stuff. Today's guest is screenwriter, author, podcaster, and Jurassic Park expert, Trisha Arand. And her movie of choice is, well, Jurassic Park, Steven Spielberg's high-octane, prehistoric blockbuster classic. Now, if you haven't listened to our initial conversation with Trisha, all about how we just don't make movies like Jurassic Park anymore, but we still can and how we can do that, uh, you can check that out on the show page on whatever podcasting app you're listening on right now. You can also find it on our website at mfmipodcast.com slash Jurassic Park. But for those of you who did your homework, I hope you enjoy the longest installment yet of the My Favorite Movie Is bonus round. Let's get started. If there was one character from Jurassic Park that you would like to get dinner with, who would it be? Ellie Sadler. Ellie Sadler.
1: Uh, yeah, of course, Sadler is the best. I mean, she's isn't she truly just the so best.
0: amazing? Isn't yeah. she amazing? I was yes. like watching Laura Dern in this movie, and I'm like, this is incredible. Like I was just, yeah. <laughs> especially in the second act when, or the third act, really, I should say, when she starts getting, when she starts taking like more action, I'm oh, like. Yeah. This is one of my favorite action heroines of all time, I think.
1: Oh, I mean, big time. She's, yeah, she's incredible. She does so much work in this movie. Laura Dern's performance is astounding. But also, I just can't, like, I would, this is such a rare example of the way that, like, the lone woman in a movie is being treated. (laughs) Like, Mm. she's just treated with so much, like, respect and just, like, base level. Like, here's another cool, really cool-ass member of the team. Yeah. Like and it just quietly among the most feminist portrayals of women in film from this era. So
0: I love how Dr. Hammond has that line where it's like, Oh, but yeah, maybe I should be going. He's like and everyone just <laughs> collectively is like, What are you talking about? You- <laughs> the change
1: in Laura Dern's face when she yeah. realizes what he's about to say, and she just goes, Look <laughs> like and then she immediately just like, you know, smacks the um radio into his hand and starts walking away. It ought to be me really going. Why? Well, I'm, uh, and you're, um, uh, Lock. Come on, let's go. We can discuss sexism and survival situations when I get back. You just take me through this step by step. I'm on channel two. Like, yeah, I just, fantastic. I just love it.
0: If you had to engrave one quote from this movie on your tombstone, what would it be?
1: Mm. Not to get
0: too existential about, you know, death and stuff, but the, I thought it'd be, it's a fun question.
1: Yeah. Ooh. I mean, my, my gut Instincts is like something probably that Malcolm says, right? Um, Your the
0: scientists, scientists were, were so preoccupied, preoccupied with whether, whether or not they could, they, they didn't stop
1: to think if they should. Could. But there are so many good ones. Like I love Hammond's lines in the scene where he and Sattler are talking about the flea circus and everything. And yeah, it's just that scene's so beautiful where, you know, she's talking about like, it's still a flea circus. Um, You know, it's all... I wish I had that that one as as uh, down word for word as I do some other ones, but it's, it's yeah, really yeah. beautiful. Yeah,
0: Hammond. He says something like, "I just wanted to make something that wasn't an illusion."
1: Yeah, I wanted to show, show them something them that, that wasn't, wasn't an illusion. illusion. Something that was real. Something that they could see and touch. It's still the flea circus. It's all an illusion.
0: When we have control You've
1: never had control. That's the illusion. I, I have I have the bulk of this movie memorized, so
0: endlessly quotable. Endlessly. Yep. Do you own any Jurassic Park memorabilia or merchandise?
1: God, I wish. No, I don't, oh, I don't Trisha. Um, Trisha. No, but uh I do have a triceratops necklace. It's not like a Jurassic Park triceratops necklace it's just a triceratops it's actually really nice um it was a gift and the chain was recently broken but before it was broken um i wore it pretty much constantly and never took it off so i do <laughs> i do have dinosaur memorabilia uh <laughs> but it isn't spe- jurassic park specific
0: well it's a good thing it's a trike though because then you then you can just you know think about that Think is every time you just hold it you can think about that beautiful scene i mean that's basically uh, what i that's
1: what i did when i wore it. i wore it for like you know Easily, it was given to me in 2020, and I wore it for easily every day for a year, basically. And then, yeah, the chain recently got broken. I'm going to get it fixed, though, because I'm obsessed with that Triceratops necklace.
0: It's wonderful. Aren't Triceratops just beautiful creatures? Truly. I love them. If you were curating a double feature, Mm. including Jurassic Park, which additional film would you program, and in what order would they be programmed in?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. My instinct would be to pick probably another Spielberg movie um, that I thought that the person I was showing it to would be less likely to have seen. So something like Close Encounters which is a little out of fashion now, but was like a huge, huge movie when it came out.
0: Oh, absolutely, Um,
1: Another movie that's like a big spectacle movie would also be probably a good one to go with, or that's also kind of scary thrilling, so something like Alien would be amazing. Obviously, Jaws is kind of like an easy pick with that. I guess you you could go a different direction and pick a movie that's sort of like similar questions about technology right um like like you could do the matrix or something right where it's still questions about like technology paranoia um that kind of thing but yeah i think maybe something like close encounters is what i would pick you know what i would pick et and i would make michael watch it
0: (laughs) (laughs) do the lord's work Thinking about it right now, for some reason, Tremors is coming to mind.
1: Oh, that's an interesting um, one.
0: Certainly n- nothing to do with the dramatic questions of the movie, but both movies that made me, that gave me this sense of wonder, I guess, because sure. the practical effects in Tremors, I think, are honestly incredible. I think that those sure. effects still hold up in are, and both movies are fun. And they don't take them. I mean, Jurassic Park takes itself just seriously enough, and Tremors maybe takes itself a little too seriously with the budget and, you know, cast they were working Mm -hmm. with. But there are such good times. Such good, so much fun. And I I also thought to myself while I was watching Jurassic Park, I'm like, this movie has more in common with horror than it does with action.
1: Oh, that's kind of why I thought about Alien, to be honest. Yeah, Alien. It mm -hmm. has, you know, I don't like horror movies. <laughs> but when it comes to, like, something that I I just want a few good scares while I'm also on a real, like, thrill ride in terms of the characters and, yeah, the themes and, and everything like that. Alien, I feel like, has a lot in common with Jurassic Park in that sense, where it's, like... It's not cheap horror. The monster stuff is handled really well, and meanwhile, everything else that's going on is super fascinating with all the characters and like the world of the story and everything. So.
0: Absolutely. That's another that's another great one.
1: I think that's also why Jaws is is probably a good comparison with this too cuz that's kind yeah. of a horror movie also, and it's also a monster movie, of course.
0: Yeah, they are all they are all these sort of I mean I think Alien is probably the most explicitly horror of the ones that we've talked about thus far but cuz that one literally I mean the 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 creature of the um the Xenomorph is probably the close that like Alien is the closest horror in the sense of yeah. abstraction and uh creatureness that defines the genre but um all three all four I think I think we talked about would be great. Is there a book or an article or some other published work that you think would make a good piece of further reading
1: if you have not seen the making of documentary the making of jurassic park that is absolutely essential viewing if you like the movie it was uh, on the vhs like box set one tape was the making of and it's like a it's a feature length like making of documentary on jurassic park incredible um and it's it's excellent So definitely, strongly recommend that. Obviously, you could read the novel, which I I really do recommend as well. If you have not read Jurassic Park the novel, I mean it's very different. Yeah, but you know Crichton co-wrote the script, and um, it's a really fascinating, like peek behind the curtain at the adaptation process, which is really interesting. So definitely would recommend both of those things. Um, there's there's like lots and lots of reading you could do on Jurassic Park, although it hasn't actually been treated. With sort of like the serious criticism that a lot of other um, Spielberg and and other even movies from this era have been treated with. So like Jurassic Park has not, uh, hasn't really historically been given that same serious film critic hat treatment because I think in, in the film criticism community, it's a really well respected movie, but I would say it's not often considered to be like a serious film. Right, uh, mm. it's more of just yeah. like a popcorn kind of, like a really, really maybe the best popcorn movie ever, but it's kind of like a popcorn movie. Um, but you could, you could very easily analyze it to that extent.
0: If you could have been a fly on the wall for one day of the production process, either pre, current, or post. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. which would it have been and why?
1: It's the T-Rex scene. I mean, they shot that scene for days and days, but with the rain and the like, they have the actual animatronic T-Rex head there and it keeps like moving, it keeps like glitching and up because it's like, you know, a machine and they keep throwing rain at it and water at it and everything. I feel like you had to know even then that what you were making was something really special. You've got an enormous, amazing looking T-Rex head that you're just like, you know, is just being controlled and moved around and the actors are interacting with it and um, just how, how fantastical.
0: And the the transition from puppetry to CGI is... I can't even call it seamless because I don't know if they're the seams are there. <laughs> there no, are no uh, seams. that's a
1: real dinosaur. I'm very sure. Yeah,
0: like, no, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> they really bred those things.
1: It's that scene and then the raptors in the kitchen.
0: Yeah. Where
1: I pause it now, even now, and I like go up to my TV. <laughs> and I'm just looking at it and I'm like, How? <laughs> How?
0: Oh, my favorite is the feet—the raptor feet with the single claw, tap tap tapping on the floor. I'm like,
1: ah, it's ridiculous. I just, I just wish they made movies like this anymore. (laughs) Why not put a real? Object in the same room with your actors. Why does it have to be just like a green ball? Like, put yeah, a real what was object.
0: <laughs> what was that funny quote from Michael where he says like This tennis ball is your best friend. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: <exactly. laughs> act, well, act with this tennis ball.
1: To actors' credit, like actors these days, to their credit, they're you know many. Basically, all of our big movie actors are really good at that now.
0: They're doing you know, the and- best they can.
1: Aren't they? But that you know that certainly wouldn't have been standard practice back then. Having to try to work with like just a green screen nothingness or you know motion capture thing. So I'm very like very very thankful that the actors in Jurassic Park had real objects to interact with.
0: Thank God. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh my God. The scene with the with the brachiosaurus to me.
1: It's is beautiful just when,
0: when they when they feed it. It's just I. Mm-hmm. I shed a single tear.
1: I love how its mouth moves like a cow. Where it's like, it's got sort of that circular rotation to the jaw. So adorable.
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness. And it's just, it's so, talk about wonder. That moment to me is probably, I mean, the T-Rex moment would be the moment of the most wonder if I wasn't like physically like cradling myself out of fear. (laughs) Um, But the moment with the Brachiosaurus is just, that to me is like. And even, I I mean, this is maybe the first time I'd seen Jurassic Park in, like, I don't even know how long. It had been a long-ass time since I had seen the movie in full. But that moment always sticks out to me whenever I think of Jurassic Park. That's, to me, like, the poster image for me. Because that is, like, that wonder that you're talking about. That Brachiosaurus scene, obviously Grant and the kids, the way they interact, is playing a huge part in that, too. But it's Mm -hmm. this beautiful, like, almost, like, uh, romantic in the classical sense. Kind of mm. moment like romantic with Grant and the dinosaurs, in this moment of full coalescence with everything that's happening like within the film. Yeah. Ugh, totally. I could just, I could, I could, I could uh, go on.
1: A few years ago, I got to host a, a screening of it for some like middle schoolers, and a bunch of them had never seen it. And that was incredibly rewarding. I still know two of those kids, and Jurassic Park is their favorite movie. And so it's like Amazing. I, I did that. Like I got to the show. Cycle it to them. The uh, cycle
0: continues. The cycle continues. Yep.
1: Yeah. And so there, that that was incredibly. That was just a wonderful experience. And getting to work with youth, this is one of the main reasons I volunteer with youth is because I get to introduce them to some of the greatest movies ever. And, like, I get to be the person that sits them down and, like, we're watching Back to the Future. Buckle in, everybody. And, like, they've never seen it. I showed The Sixth Sense to a group of high schoolers, like, a couple years ago who didn't know anything about it. And, like, didn't know the twist, didn't know anything (sighs) about it. And I just got to listen to them like scream and gasp and like just get their worlds (laughs) rocked and their minds blown.
0: Oh my goodness! (laughs) Maybe I need to start volunteering with the youth. How? What? In what? In what capacity do you volunteer? What do you? I mean, do are you a teacher? Do you show films in that way, or
1: is it something else? I was a teacher for many years. Yeah, Um, I was a teacher basically for my day job throughout my twenties when I was, you know, working, uh, doing screenplays and things, but like very inconsistently. I was teaching after-school enrichment programs, English and writing, um, which was amazing. Um, And I did get to show films occasionally there where we would like read Fantastic Mr. Fox with my second and third graders. And then we would watch the Wes Anderson adaptation, which is amazing. We watched Coraline because I would read Coraline with my fourth and fifth graders and um, that kind of thing. But then also I, I volunteer at my church with all of the youth at my church and I get to like hang out with them in a variety of capacities. Like a bunch of them are like into drama too. So sometimes write plays and direct plays with them at church, which is really fun. Uh, But yeah. And then I also get to show them movies.
0: That's, that's fantastic. Curious to how a bunch of Christian uh, people would feel about sixth sense uh we just we just straight up exposing themselves to that um uh, that's well, a, that's funny yeah, to think that's, about that's
1: another conversation for another time i think that uh <laughs> I, I mentioned coming from a very conservative religious family i will just say that the the church that i'm a part of now is not a very conservative uh,
0: oh well that helps that definitely body, so. helps
1: yeah uh quite the opposite in fact
0: ah <laughs> great I mean I might already know the answer to this, but what is your favorite musical moment in the film?
1: Oh god. There are so many.
0: And a lot uh, of the themes repeat themselves. So this is kinda oh, totally. a hard question.
1: The first one that came to mind is the opening credits.
0: Oh yeah. Obviously.
1: The like boom. It's <laughs> uh, <boom>. uh, <laughs> amazing. Um, starting it off. But then, you know, I, I just I, we had the soundtrack on C D and we would just listen to the soundtrack over and over again. So I know the music of this backwards and forwards. Um, Journey to the Island is a piece of music I really love. It's the one where it's like da 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 as they're like flying in the helicopter.
0: I was also gonna. I was also thinking of the the helicopter. Um, yeah. And also, I was struck by the moment when they drive to the visitor center. There's like this very like march. I don't know if that's what you were referring to before. It I- is. That march kind of thing. It was like it's a very great little
1: march. Yeah, that goes yeah. to the visitor center. Obviously, the finale is incredible where you know the t-rex is there and then you've got that great big huge score at the end um with the brass fanfare essentially and the timpanis going as i mentioned (laughs) I love the Flea Circus piece of music. I've talked about that scene already. Yeah, that's such a beautiful moment. mm -hmm. It has those like little chimes going that that sound almost like a music box. Really beautiful. John Williams, ridiculous.
0: (laughs) In Jurassic Park Monopoly, what would you pick for like the little tokens, like the six little playable uh, tokens? Who would they be?
1: I get to pick all six of them? You
0: get to pick every last one.
1: Okay. So, well, you have uh, you have to have four dinosaurs. Ooh. Now I've got to narrow it down, actually. So you have a T-Rex <laughs> and you have to have a Velociraptor. Probably should also have a Triceratops. And then that leaves you with like a people problem. Actually, you should probably have a <laughs> Jeep. As well, Yeah, definitely. Probably you have Grant and Hammond because those are, so you know, I, they would make good Monopoly pieces, right? Grant's got his hat. Hammond's got his cane. Like they just would have like these, these little, like little iconic things that you could easily identify. And if you, and if you had more room for more pieces, you could probably also have like Sattler and Malcolm. That's pretty good, right? Like three dinosaurs, a jeep, and the two main, t- two central characters.
0: It's just Jeff Goldblum in his uh, position when he's lying down, uh, injured. <laughs> that's the that's the Monopoly piece.
1: Shirt open, just lying. Shirt
0: open. The <laughs> Didn't they make a, I remember there being like a statue made in a town with that actual position of Jeff Goldblum, but like not injured. Oh, probably. Uh, and yeah. he went to it, I think. And it was a really bizarre, <laughs> bizarre meta moment.
1: That's
0: funny. Last question. And this doesn't really have to do with Jurassic Park, this is a bit of a broader question. In the Trisha Arand Film Festival, alongside Jurassic Park, what does the day look like? The schedule of of programming for a single day?
1: No oh boy. So I just get to program anything I want.
0: I mean, ideally it would be like your favorite films, but I mean if okay. you want to go if you wanna I mean, go bonkers, you're allowed. Okay.
1: Well, okay. <laughs> well uh it's uh Jurassic Park and Casablanca and No Country for Old Men and The Matrix. Um, I've gotten that far. And there's so many others. It's it's stuff like Singing in the Rain.
0: That's a full day. That'll do it?
1: Okay, great. Um, I just have so many more. The Coen brothers are my favorite filmmakers. Um, Although I also, like, I could... Definitely waxed poetic about many Spielberg films. Like Jaws is definitely up there. Et is up there. Um, but I just love so many of the Coen Brothers movies as well. I love Lebowski. I love Oh Brother or Art Thou. I love just so many of those. I was gonna say Fargo, but like Fargo actually still kind of upsets me. But like it's so good. Of course, um, of course. But yeah, there's so many.
0: While I have you here, since we're really in the, the conversation, can we just gush about Tragedy of Macbeth for a hot second? Because that film uh, is... Oh, yes. Yeah, that film what? is it's so insane. good. <laughs> insane. Uh, insane. Yeah. I saw it uh, at the New York Film Festival a few months ago uh, with Steven, actually, who's with me right now, who's uh, my, my production coordinator. And I saw it twice. I saw it the second time uh, this past week. I thankfully got to see it in the theater again uh, before I dropped on Apple TV Plus, which I was so thankful for. Oh, my goodness. It has maybe some of my favorite visualizations of Shakespeare I've ever seen. Not just in terms of the compositions, but also just like the way that, I mean, Catherine Hunter as the witch is. Oh, so
1: uh, amazing.
0: Alarming. Alarmingly so.
1: And I I love, I just love the approach of all of it. Like just the entire direction to like, we're going to build these enormous like abstracted sets like huge empty sets that are sort of like you know escher ish um with their like staircases and archways and all of this stuff and shoot it in black and white and just denzel is amazing like
0: absolutely unreal Within
1: the first few lines that Denzel delivered, I just felt something in my chest go like, oh, my God, he's so good. (laughs) Like, I love Frances McDormand. She's amazing in this. But for me, this is like Denzel's movie. And I was just I'm floored floored by that performance. Um, Everything about it is is so cool. (sighs) Why are they so cool? The going so, so cool.
0: They're so cool, but I was afraid, like Joel Cohen going out on his own, making sure, a movie. I, mean, I was like, oh, here we go. Like, what's this gonna look like? But it's one of my favorite. it might be in my top three movies that they've ever made, or at least sure. that Joel Cohen has ever had his stamp on. Um, I love the cauldron scene. The way that he chose to put Macbeth in the cauldron like <laughs> like obviously it's not like a whoo yep. cauldron you know it's very much like it's a cauldron within his own existence like his yeah. existence is the cauldron and yep. he's like experiencing everything from within it and it's just like i i honestly i i struggle to fathom it and my, my favorite thing about the whole movie is i was reading an interview with Joel cohen and he said that everything except for the last shot in the movie is done interiors every single shot astounding i i kind of knew that like i feel right. like i knew that like somewhere deep down within me but like it's still it's like i think of that forest like the 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 hallway forest what i'm was what i'm gonna call it uh mm-hmm. which which it gives a perfect sense of like feeling like you are outside but still trapped within a space i
1: don't know man it's so I good can't. I didn't really know what to expect. I was like, what are you guys going to do? Are you going to go out and film on the moors or like, what are you going to do? And the answer is like, no, we're going to like build these incredible sets that are just so set like, and just remind you of the experience of like the play part of it. Like where it's so keeps you so focused on the characters, but creates like this really strong mood. And I keep thinking about that courtyard. There's the shot. That's like far back where you're looking into the courtyard when um Duncan and all of his like mm-hmm. entourage arrive and it's just like archways and stairways and these like harsh like lines of light coming down and the people are so small in the frame all the time and it's just like. It feels like, yeah, you're standing on the stage. You yourself are standing with the actors on the stage in like a huge empty theater maybe. And the sound design is so incredible too with like how big and open those spaces really feel. Nothing is soft, right? Like you're talking about like the prison, like claustrophobic sense of it. The spaces are enormous, but because they're just so empty and so hard, everything is so like concrete and stone and like... Everything is just so hard that you feel like you're in this, yeah, really elaborate maze. Like, like I said, like this, yeah, Escher sort of drawing. (sighs) How dare you? Joel Cullen.
0: (laughs) And with that, on that note, (laughs) thank you, Tricia. It was such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much.
1: Uh, It was such an honor to be here. Thank you, Barry.
0: Oh, I love hearing that. Thank you, (laughs) Tricia. So tell me, listener, what movie would you pair with Jurassic Park to make a double feature? What is your favorite moment in John Williams's breathtaking score? And did you see the tragedy of Macbeth and did you love it as much as Trisha and I did? Um, I don't know if that's possible, but I wanna hear about it in the My Favorite Movie is Discord Community. Now I know that joining yet another online community can be a hard sell these days, especially as the discourse in the film community in particular can be incredibly toxic and judgmental. I've experienced it firsthand, I'm sure you have too, but I implore you to give us a chance. You will find none of that in the My Favorite Movie is Discord Community. We are a group of passionate, positive movie lovers who want nothing more than to hear your stories and to welcome you with open arms. And unlike a lot of online film communities, we actually watch movies together as a group. We stream them through Discord, through the voice channels, Uh, no streaming services on your end required, no need to sync it up at a certain time or with other people. You just hop into the voice channel, watch a movie with us, and enjoy a few weeks ago we all watched jurassic park with trisha in light of our episodes on jurassic park happening and uh it was an incredible experience we all had a ton of fun and we're going to be doing it for every movie we cover on our show including the next one which is the sixth sense we'll be talking to writer director and actress anna chazelle all about m night Shyamalan's debut feature and we're going to watch it together in the discord community and i'm really excited because i have a feeling that some people joining us will be watching it for the very first time which is awesome so if you want to join us for our community watch party of the sixth sense which i know you do it's much better than streaming it alone on amazon prime i can guarantee it click on the link in the show notes and join us in the my favorite movie is discord community it is 100 free of charge and here for you i hope to see you there and uh, one quick update before I sign off. Uh, sorry about no upload last week, uh, just due to life things, it didn't really work out. However, in order to catch up on that lost week, we will be posting both the initial episode and the bonus round for The Sixth Sense on Monday next week. Usually we upload the initial episode one week and then the bonus round the next week. Just to catch up, we'll be posting them both. So I hope you enjoy getting a double dose of My Favorite Movie Is next Monday. And uh, by the way, if you were confused why there was no episode on the feed this week and you didn't really know what was happening, uh, we did announce it on our Twitter at MFMI Podcast. Uh, You should be following us there so that way you can keep up to date on any announcements on delays or anything like that. All right. Roll credits. My favorite movie is, is a Larry Freed Presents production. It was created by, and is currently hosted and produced by me, Larry Freed. Our sound recordist for this episode was Steven Reyes and this episode was edited by me larry freed our graphic designer is monica sarmiento our motion graphics designer is elton greenfield and our theme song now and then as well as all original music featured on this show is composed and performed by mac or duke a special thank you to trisha arand for being a wonderful guest and for being so generous with her time and a huge thank you to our patrons sean taylor mo raffi tony keith and charles thank you guys so much you are literally why this podcast continues to be so you deserve some recognition did you know that patrons get uncut and ad-free versions of every episode of this show just for five dollars a month that's a pretty good deal that is double sometimes triple the amount of awesome podcast content all for just a little bit more than your average cup of coffee. So if you want all of that juicy, juicy content and you want to help support My Favorite Movie Is and help it continue to be, you can visit patreon.com MFMI podcast. This has been your host, Larry Fried. Thank you so much for listening to My Favorite Movie Is.